Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. We're going to be starting Dafyomi on uh, the very bottom of Daf Yud on the base at the bottom line. Tonight we're going to be learning Maseches Yuma Daf Yud Aleph and Yud Beis Yud Aleph. Let's get started at the very bottom line of Yud Amud Beis. Says the Gemara as follows: Man Tana Lahadatanu Rabbanu, who is the author of the following brisa? The brisa writes that we are on the top of Daf Yud Aleph Amud Aleph as follows: Kol Arem Shahayu Sham. The Brisa writes that the only place that were in the Mikdash, that uh, there was no mezuzah at all, with the exception of Sharnikanor and that which was within it, which was the Lishkas Parhedrin. So those were the only places in the Mikdash that had a mezuzah. Says the Gemara, who is that like? Is that like the Shita of uh, Rebbe Huda that we learned last night, or is that like the Shita of the Rabbanon? To uh, jog your memory, last night we learned the Shita of Rabbi Huda that the uh, mezuzah that was in the Lishkas Parhedrin was only a Dindar Abanans. As the Gemara, three lines down, Yud Aleph, Amid Aleph, as follows. Maybe we should say that Sharnikanor, which had a mezuzah, must be like the Rabbanon and not like Rabbi Huda, that it had a Dindar Raisa status. Why could it not be Rabbi Huda? Says the Gemara, di Rabbi Huda, he gufa gzera. That, the, the Lishkas Parhedron itself was a gzera to have the mezuzah. So if the Lishkas Parhedron was a, a dindarabanan, so va'ana neikum v'nigzor gzera l'gzera, then to add one to Sharnikanor, another mezuzah is a gzera l'gzera. You could, the whole reason why we had the, the mezuzah in regards to the Lishkas Parhedron, as we saw a dramatic language on the bottom of Yudam Beis yesterday, so that he wouldn't feel, shelo yomru koin gadol chavosh asurin. We didn't want him to feel like he was trapped, so we put him a mezuzah. Therefore, we also added to Sharnikanor. That's a double derabanan, and we don't do that. Ain't goes ring zera like zera. The Lishkas Parhedrin should have, and therefore, I. So now we say Sharnikanor. That's too much. That's too much. We're not going to go that far to say that there's two separate dina derabanan in order to prevent the Kohanim from feeling that they were chavosh bebeisvasurim. It says the Gemara Labdafka. We don't have to say that it's only like the Rabbanon and that it's impossible to be like Rabbi Yehuda because Afilu Tamer Rabbi Yehuda, five lines down, Yeralaf Amaralaf. How could we say that both Lishkas Parhedron and Sharnikanor had Xera de Rabbanon status? Kulachad Xerahi. No, this is often how we get out of this challenge of uh, what do we do when we see two things that are Xera, Xera, or at least that appear that way. So the Gemara will often answer that the two things that you think are separate are really one Xera de Rabbanon, namely. If this Bryce at the top of Yeralaf and Meralaf is to be like the Shita of Yehuda, it would mean that when they made the Gzera out of concern of the Kohanim, that they should not feel like they're Beveso Asurin, it applied to both uh, the Lishkas Parhedrin and its outer outer doorway of Sharnikano. Six, seven lines down, Yeralaf and Meralaf, the Gemara opens with a Bryce. So today is going to be in great part about Mezuzah, a little bit about some other sigas, uh, about, uh, about Nagoim, but uh, by and large, we're going to be learning about um, the Mitzvah de Oraisa of Mezuzah. Let's go, Tanura Banan Bisharecha. What does the Pasuk mean when it says Bisharecha? So it says the Gemara, Echad Sharei Batim, Ve'echad Sharei Chatseros, houses and, uh, and yards, Ve'echad Sharei Medinos, to, to countries, Ve'echad Sharei Ayaros, to cities, Yesh Bahen, skip the word Chobas, Yesh Bahen Mitzvah Lamakom, Yishem Shinemaruch, Sabtama, Mezuzos, Be'echad Bisharecha, all of those places are included, included in the Mitzvah, Do'oraisa, seemingly, of, of putting up a Mezuzah. 
So hold on one second. There were these, uh, there was this particular structure, this, uh, these gates that were outside of Mechoza. Why in that case, if this, what we just saw in this Bryce is correct, that everything, every shahar has to be included, it all has a din of mezuzah, then why were the abule de mechoza, why were these gates outside of the city walls, why were they excluded, why did they not have a mezuzah? Those were not made to be their own gates, those were pieces of wood that were used to support something else. So that goes to show you that if you have a structure that's being used to support something else, and it's not really meant to be a sha'ar, then we, we have no din of mezuzah. So let's say that you built a tzuras ha-pesach only to support the actual doorway. So then the halacha should be based on this gemara, at least it's, that's what would make sense, is that we would assume then that there's no din of mezuzah. So amar le fine, ve'akra de gufa tiboy mezuzah. But uh, fine, but at the very least, the tower that you were building, that should have had a mezuzah. The one that was... No, the one that the uh, that was being supported, the one that was supporting that we don't need, but the tower itself should have one. Why? Or about a quarter of the way down, twelve lines or so down. I'm Yud Aleph, Amar Aleph, Amar Deha says the Gemara Deha East Bay Bira LeShomer Beisasur because someone does sleep in that room. You have guards who basically live there when they're on their shift, so no reason to assume why there shouldn't be a mezuzah there. We have a brisa that writes, and we're going to spend some time on this brisa tonight. If you have a shul that has a place for someone to live, our building is great Shiloh. Back in the day, Rabbi Friedman used to sleep in that back room, and they used to, so they didn't have to schlep on Yom Kippur, they would sleep in the back room. So that halachically changes, according to this brisa, changes the status of a shul from a shul. It seems to be the whole Beis HaKnesses. That's what the language of the Bryce says. Beis HaKnesses, Seemingly the whole building would have a chiyuv to have a So that's what the Gemara is asking. Why? Okay, I understand that the supporting structure of the of the tower doesn't need to have a mezuzah, but the tower needs to have a mezuzah because the guard that's there, that's where he lives when he's there. But right, we see in the shul that if there's a Beis Chaz and if there's a place for them to live in the shul, things change. Kins has this also. Kins actually hidden in the back of the coat room. They have a stairwell goes upstairs, and there's an apartment upstairs in Kins. So it used to be that the custodian would live there. Similar halachic issue of, of transferring that building into a basic netzet that's chayv mezuzah. We always put uh, put them on our shoulders anyways. But uh, the question is, are you chayv midoraisa or midorabona? Anyways, the Gemara answers this contradiction as to why by uh, by mechosa why this tower didn't have anything was because elo amar abay mishum sakana. There are times. It's that uh, that we don't put up a mezuzah because in and of itself, when it is a dinder abanan, if it's Dorai, so we don't care. But if it's a dinder abanan, then there are times that we don't put one up on purpose. What sakana are we talking about? Third of the way down, the Tanya, the Bresa writes, mezuzah, mezuzah this is quoted in the halacha, that a person should check their mezuzahs twice in seven years, and if it's a public mezuzah, it should be checked twice in a yovel, twice in 50 years. It's either the name of a person or a profession. There was someone who was checking mezuzahs upstairs, up in the shuk, uh, in the higher shuk in the city. And there was someone who thought that he was doing some kind of black magic. All of a sudden, you're looking over, you're, you're making sure all the letters are there. It looks like an amulet a little bit. So he thought he was doing something shady. And he gave him a consequence. He gave him a fine of 1,000 zuz. Uh, so says the Gemara, that's why we didn't put it on the actual tower of Mechozah. We were afraid people would see us putting up a mezuzah and it wouldn't look good. It would, at most, it was their Abanan anyway, so we left it out altogether. Asks the Gemara, how does that work? And this is a Gemara we've seen, I think, twice before. 
Says the Gemara, I don't understand. You're doing a mitzvah d'oraisa. You're preparing for a mitzvah d'oraisa at least. You're writing a clap. You're preparing a mezuzah. What is this whole thing about not putting up a mezuzah? We should have put up the mezuzah. What are we concerned about? A famous Gemara from Psachim that we saw. Says the Gemara, it depends. When the likelihood of, of something happening, uh, something bad happening, is a, a high likelihood, so then we don't say shluchei mitzvah. Hecha de shchia hezeka, hecha de kviya hezeka. Shine, it's a different language in Sachem. It's hecha de shchia hezeka. Here it's hecha de kviya hezeka. Because the Pasuk writes, and I, we saw this there as well, uh, says the Pasuk, How can I go and I'm going to go and show, show, I'm going to make Shmuel into the king and Shaul's going to get all angry and kill me? You're right. Let's come up with a ruse. Bring an animal and say that you're just doing it to, to bring a korban. So what do we see? That when there is a real concern, you shouldn't do that which could bring about damage. You should come up with a ruse. You should circumvent. You should come up with a solution. And that's what was done here in the case of Shmuel. They brought an animal so that they would know that, um, uh, so that they would think at least, so Shal would not think that it was to inaugurate um, uh, Shmuel as the king, but only to bring a korban. Or a little bit more than halfway down in Yeralef, we're going to uh, jump into the world of mezuzah still more. Tani Reb Kahana, Kame de Reb Yehuda, Beitzah Teven, straw, Ubeitzah Bakar, a barn, Ubeitzah Eitzim, some place that holds wood, Ubeitzah Otsos, a general storage room, Termina Mezuzah, Mibnei Shem Nashem, Neosos Bahen, because women are Neosos Bahen, my Neosos Bahen, says the Gemara, Rochzos, they would bathe there. So of course they would not be dressed properly, and if they're not, not just not improper, they're taking a bath. It's a private space, but they were not wearing their clothing. So that's not a right place to have a mezuzah. So the postgames speak about this in regards to a bedroom mezuzah where people change their clothes, where there's tash mishamita. So the halacha is that it has to be kis betoch kis. That's the halacha to make sure either you can close the door or if, the, if that's not shaykh. So then halacha is it should be kis betoch kis. Rabbi Robinson, I asked a Shiloh this morning about this. Rabbi Robinson said that the plastic wrap that they put immediately around the parchment is not considered the first level of a kiss because that's there to hold the cloth closed. That's not considered a kiss. So he actually told me that he recommends to people who are getting mezuzahs, he recommends two things when they're upstairs mezuzahs. Number one, two layers of plastic, so that's one kiss. And then the outer layer, the actual case of the mezuzah is case number two. And then even if one changes their clothes in front of the doors, in front of an open mezuzah, so then that's fine. And uh, recommendation number two is that all the mezuzahs uh, and the upstairs floor should not be see-through because that also is a greater level of cover so that the, the parchment through a, through a see-through type of uh, covering is uh, it's more tzniv. Anyways, that's what the Gemara says here is that the women were rochtos and because they were rochtos, it was not a place that they should put a mezuzah. Let's take this to the nth degree, time of the rochtos. The reason why you said that all of these different rooms, the Beis HaTevin, Beis HaBakar, Beis HaEitzim, all these places, why they're exempt from it is because women bathe there. And if they didn't, time of the Rochso, what if it was not a place where women bathe? What if it was just oh, just a barn, just a boring barn, like in the fields, like when we drive through Illinois and we see them. So then Hastama Chayavin, that's the implication. The only reason they're positive is because women are Rochsos. What if they're not Rochsos? What if it's a case of Stam? It's a regular case. We would have thought, says the Gemara, that can't be. We have a Brisa that explicitly writes that a Refes Bakar, that if you have a, a place where there's a, a where there's Bakar, a barn of some kind, that it is exempt from Mezuzah and doesn't say anything about uh, about uh, about Neosos, uh, that women are bathing there. It says the Gemara, Ella, my Neosos, it must not be that they're changing their clothes entirely. That's not right. It must be therefore Miskashos that they're putting on jewelry, they're making themselves pretty. 
And here's the right way to understand the bride. Even though the women are decorating, uh, just kind of putting on uh, makeup and they're putting on earrings, whatever it is, but they're fully clothed, what does one thing have to do with the other? Says the Gemara, how can you say that they're putter as it relates to miskashtos, that they're putting on their jewelry? We have another bride said that doesn't agree with your understanding. You wanted to say that it was miskashtos, they were just kind of uh, putting the earrings on, putting the makeup on, but they're clothed and that they be ptura. First of the long lines, two-thirds of the way down, a little bit more, three-fourths of the way down, Yudalaf Amad Aleph. But we see here the Bright Sarites that Miskashtos ba Chayeves Bimazuzah. What must it be in regards to Miskashtos? Says the Gemara Tanoihi. It must be that there's a machlokas tanoim in regards to whether or not a woman who is putting on makeup, a woman who is uh, getting getting pretty but fully clothed, whether or not that's a reason to be pater or chayev and mezuzah, seems to be that that's a machlokas between the Tanaim, because we have two Brysos that are very explicit about that. One says one way, one says the other. So we're not sure from the Brysos, unclear. And says the Gemara, he says, I also think, Rav Kahana says, I also think that, the, that there's a Machlokas still in regards to Stam. Forget about the women putting on makeup. Forget about whether she's Rochtos or Miskashtos, whatever Noosos means. Forget about all of that. These rooms in general, there's a Machlokas in the Tanaim about it. How so? We're going to learn a brisa, and then we're going to see two different lenses through which the Amoraim understood this brisa. The Tanya, three lines into the middle with lines, Yudal, Fomadal, 12, 15 lines from the bottom. The Tanya, Beisecha, right? The Pazik says, Uchzavtam Amazuzos Beisecha, Visharecha Beisecha, Miyuchad Loch, Prat Lebeis Atavan, Lebeis Abakar, Lebeis Eitzim, Lebeis Osar, Shabtermin Amazuzah. These rooms that are not specific to you, they're for cows, they're for storage. Those rooms are not specific to you, so they should be putter. The Yesh Mechayev, and the Brisa says, but some say that you are Chayev. And then the Brisa continues, Be MS Amru, Beis Akisei, a bathroom, Beis Aborski, a leather tanner's uh, office. It smells bad. Ubeis Amerchat, it's a place where people are showering. Ubeis Atzvila, a place where people go to the mikvah. Vishan Nashim, Neosos, Bahen, Pturan, Minam, So this Brisa is going to be subject to a machlokas between um, between Rav Kahana and another Amora, whose name I just, and Rav Yehuda. So it says the Gemara, five lines into the middle with lines, Rav Kahana Matar Satayme, Rav Yudu Matar Satayme. Each of them have a brysa. This doesn't really work for either of them. So they're each going to re-explain this brysa line by line. It says the Gemara as follows. Rav Kahana Matar Satayme. How does Rav Kahana understand this brysa? Let's tear it apart piece by piece. Beisecha, Beisecha Hamiyuchad Lach. Yes, it's true that the ratio of the brysa means we're talking about a house that you actually use to exclude Prasla Beisat Tevin, a place that stores straw, Beisat Bakar, a barn, Beisat Eitzim, a place that stores wood, Beisat Otsaros, a general We agree that all of those are turned to stop. That when there is nothing going on there, no one's changing their clothes, no one's putting on their makeup, no one's putting on their jewelry, it's a stam. It's just a barn. It's just a storage house. In those cases, says the Gemara, that you're going to be Peturin. What does it mean that when it says V'yesh Mechaivin in our Mishnah? Says Rav Kahana, also Bistam. That's talking about regular machlokas in the Tanoim as to whether or not Bistam, that's how Rav Kahana reads it. That was the point he said earlier. There's not just a machlokas by Miskashtos. When women are, are changing their jewelry, it's also Stam a machlokas. This is the machlokas Rav Kahana is referring to. What does the rest of the Brisa mean? It means as follows. First of the very long lines, end of line, the MS Amru, a bathroom, a tanner's uh, office, a base Merchatz, a place where one showers, where one goes to the mikvah, and a place where women are neosos, and the Gemara interjects, where we assume that here, Taka, the seifa of this brisa, we are talking about a woman who is bathing. So then, 
So that's how he reads the whole price. So there's only one problem. If you're saying that a woman is no, no that noosos means rosos, tainu merchatz. It's not the same thing. If noosos is that a woman is bathing and merchatz is bathing, so then the way you translated noosos in the brisa creates for a contradiction in terms because you have the word merchatz, which means merchatz, and you have noosos, which means merchatz. So that doesn't work. It says the Gemara. No, the Gemara is coming to teach you something very important. Seven, eight lines from the bottom of the page. Why does this brisa, according to Rav Kahana, why does this brisa say based on merchatz and noosos, a place where women are are rochtos? It seems to be the same thing. Ashmuinan says the Gemara. That's to teach us a very important halacha. Ashmeinan to teach us the merchatz the rabim, vashmeinan merchatz the yachid. There's to teach us different things. One is a merchatz is a bathhouse that's used for the masses, and the other is one that's more of a private, uh, a private type of bathhouse. The salkadai to chamin. I might have had a havamina to assume merchatz the rabim dinafish zuamei that when you're talking about a base of merchatz, there's a lot of people there. Uh, it doesn't smell very good there. That's what zuama. It smells gross there. It smells disgusting there. What? It smells like a lot. It's perfect example, Michael. Thank you. It smells like a locker room. So then, the salkadai tachamina merchatz derabim denafish zuame. That's where you're going to be putter, but from mezuzah. But maybe I would have thought about merchatz tiyachid lonafish dome emelechai b'mezuzah. I would have thought that if it's only the bathhouse of one person, it's a you know a beautiful, gorgeous bathroom. You're the only one who uses it. It doesn't smell like a locker room. I would have thought lechai b'mezuzah kamash malan. That's why, according to Rav Kahana, this mission has two references to merchatz. It says merchatz mamish based on merchatz, and then it says nashim neosos. Why does it say both are the same thing? One teaches us about yachid. One teaches us about rabim to make sure we don't exclude the case of a yachid because of the person who's a yachid. They don't. One person can only smell so bad. You take a shower, the smell goes away. But when you're in the locker room, I've been in locker rooms before. They don't smell gishmak. So that room is, should be putter from mezuzah. Should be putter from mezuzah for a hundred reasons, but it's certainly putter from that front. So it says the Gemara, you might have thought Habamina that by a yachid you would have been chayev uh, But now, how does Rabbi Yehuda understand this very same brisa, the one that we just spent the last seven, eight lines analyzing from the lens of Rav Kahana? It says the Gemara as follows: six, seven lines from the bottom. Yeraleph from Yeraleph. Rabbi Yehuda matars the time. How does he understand the brisa? Hachik tani. This is pshat in the brisa. Beisecha. What does the word Beisecha mean in the Pasuk in Shema? Beisecha yuchadlach prat lebeisatavan ubeisabakar beisaitzim ubeisaosros shabtumin amazuzah pilu miskashtos. So he learns the first part that it's about miskashtos. That he says that in all of those in all of those different rooms, the beisatavan where you hold the straw and the barn and where you hold the wood and the general storage rooms, they're all putter, even if a woman is going to be uh, putting on her makeup or putting on jewelry. Beish mechayven bemiskashtos already. That's how Rav Kahana Rav Yehuda learned this brisa differently. They say that. According to uh, Rav Kahana, the whole ratio is talking about a stomach, a regular case where the room is being used for boring uses, the what it's called for, based on Bakar, just a barn. Here we're saying that it's being used as a place where women put on jewelry, where women put on their makeup. So that's how Rav Yehuda understands the ratio. Aval Bistam, and this is a big machlokas. Rav Yehuda says there is no machlokas in regards to Bistam. Everyone agrees that a barn is a barn, it doesn't require a mezuzah. So outside my house, I have a little shed, a little rubber-made thing. It's like six, seven feet by 70, whatever it is. So according to this, you don't need anything. It's just a storage room. I is Daladal. So what? Who cares if it's Daladal? Dal? It's not really dear. Nobody lives out there ever. Nobody sleeps in there. I hope nobody sleeps in there. That's definitely not what it's for. So that's what the Gemara says. That's how Rabbi Yehuda understands this Brisa. And continuing with the safe of the Brisa, how does Rabbi Yehuda understand this? Four lines from the bottom. These places, they have a terrible smell. Bathrooms don't smell good. The tanners, the chemicals smell bad. That's the locker room. Um, and the also doesn't always smell so good. You know the towel. You know that towel, the, the loop towel. When we were, remember, when we, like the, the one on Tui, I don't even know if they still have it. I haven't been in that in a long time. But right when you would walk out, the Natila Shadim after the Beis HaMerchatz, they'd have the loop towel. 
you'd always pull it a foot to get the clean. It was never clean and it always smelled very bad. So then the mikvah never smelled good. So that's why we were saying here, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that the Mishnah says that you're positive. Hold on one second. Says the Gemara, I understand the machlokas in Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Kahana, that in regard to a, a base, I'm just going to use the barn as the example, but it's true about all of them that's included in the Brisa. By the barn, I understand that he says that if it's Sam that you're putter. I got that, but how can it be across the boards? Ask the Gemara, uh, two lines from the bottom of the page with the Rabbi Huda, Stam Kol Pater. Everyone agrees that when it's, uh, that when Stam, when the building is being used for its initial purpose, let's say a barn is being used for a barn, uh, forget about whether or not a woman is miskashtos or whether or not she's rochzos. Forget all of that. It's time. Everyone agrees. That can't be. What does the Pasuk mean? What does that word mean? Two lines from the bottom. It's like we saw earlier. And that's uh, chicken coops and places where animals live. Umaspain, a place to store wheat. Places to store wine and oil. Oh, done. So the Rebbe Huda is up a creek because with this price, it says very clearly, you can't say Divrei Akhol, everyone agrees that Stam is going to be Pater. This Brisa doesn't say what you're talking about. Now, we've already learned what we need from this Brisa, but the next 10 lines are still part of this Brisa. So the Gemara does quote them. We'll move through this part of the Brisa. Not a difficult Brisa, but we already have what we need. The Rebbe Huda was so sir himself. Uh, not really so himself, but what he said is impossible. So let's just, before we plow through the rest of the Brisa, let's clarify Rabbi Yehuda's understanding of the Brisa was different than Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana said there's the machlokas when a, when a barn is used, stam. He says machlokas in the Tanaim. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, everyone agrees that you're going to be putter in such a case. So this Brisa says, that's not true, that you're still chayv in those cases. Last few words on the page. Yachol, the Brisa continues. Yachol shani marbe af base sharach sadro merpeses. Maybe these different rooms. If you look at Rashi, he explains what these things are. Rashi, top of the page, Dibramaskal Beshar, by his cotton shosin lifne shar. It's a room in front of a room, Shara Chatzer, Beakol Osin Oso Kapandaria. It's kind of like a go between, like they just put these in a lot of the restaurants. It's like the room before the restaurant, fine. Um, and Achsadra and Mirpesas, those are different types of those are different types of porches. So says the Gemara, maybe we should include in the midst of mezuzah these types of rooms, the Beshar, Achsadra, and Mirpesas, Tamalumar Bais. No. This is where we learn the din from that a, a mezuzah only goes in a room that's really dear. It has to have certain parameters. Maybe I should have thought to include a bathroom or a tanner's office or a base amerchats or a base These rooms are not for kabod. They're just not made for that. Maybe the mikvah is a mitzvah. That's a shayla. But to say that it's made for a kabod, that's not true. It's not a place where people live. No one says, oh, there's a mikvah available. I'm moving in and I'm going to buy the place. Nobody does that. That's not a place to live. Yachol, the b'risa continues. Maybe we should also include, says the b'risa, in Harabais and all the rooms in Harabais and Hazaros, all of the special places that are there. Tamalamar Bayis, Mabayis Shehuchol, Avkol Shehuchol, Yatsu Elu Shein Kodesh Tiyuvta. So it says the Gemara. Again, these last ten lines were were extra in the Brisa, but the first part of the Brisa is a big stira for Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda tried to say in the Brisa that Divrayakol that when it comes to it, the usage of a storage room that's Stam. So Rabbi Huda says everyone agrees it's Pater, but then this Brisa says no, it's not. Says the Gemara to Yufta Yirtaka, right? And we reject the Shita Rabbi Huda outright, which therefore means we embrace the Shita Rabbi Kahana, which therefore means there's a machlokas in the Tanaim when a barn is used Stam, a room that's used Stam, like a storage room, whether or not it's Chayv in the Zuzumidoraisa or not. Of course, Ladina, we always treat these rooms properly, and we do put up a mezuzah in those rooms. Is it a good idea to make a bracha on those rooms? I don't know how we pass in Ladina. I, I just know that we put up mezuzahs. I don't know if you can make a, a bracha on that. No idea. 
but uh, certainly we do put them as, as a, on those rooms. I have storage rooms in my basement that they, no one's ever gonna sleep in there. They have a couple, we have two or I think three, two, three storage rooms down there. Each of them has a mezuzah on there. All right, we're about a quarter of the way down, 12 lines down, Yudalaf and Mabez, let's continue. Tani Reb Shmuel Bar Yehuda Kameh Rava. Reb Shmuel Bar Yehuda wanted to teach something uh, in front of Rava. Now let's keep counting here because he says, Shisha, Sha'aram, Tumen, There are six uh, types of gates that are exempt from Azazah. Let's count the six. Number one, Beis HaTeven, that's a place where we store straw. Number two, Ubeis HaBakar, a barn. Number three, Beis HaEsim, where we store wood. Number four, Beis HaOtsaros, that's a storage room in general. Bishar Hamadi, that's an arched uh, doorway. Number six, Bishar She'enu Mikura, if there's no, uh, not, no nothing at the top of the door, if it goes up to the ceiling, your putter. And then strangely, a seventh one, Bishar She'enu Gavoa Yud, says the Gemara, that's not how we count. You said six. You told me that there were going to be six, and then you count, you, you gave me seven. So which one of these doesn't belong? Answers the Gemara, Amrle, one third of the way down, Shar Hamadi Tanoihi. When it comes to an archway, that's a machlokas in the Tanoim. What's the machlokas? The Tanoim, the Brisa writes, Kipa, if you have a domed entryway, in some fancy homes, you see these kinds of things. My parents had, when I was a little kid, they had like the doorway in the Georgian between the living room area and the dining room area. So they opened it up and they made it gently arched. Just a very nice, gentle arch, very pretty. But, but what happens with the halachos of mezuzah in such a case? So that's exactly, literally exactly what this Gemara is talking about. And the Sharamadi is the Machlokas Tanaim. The Tanya, the Brysa writes one third of the way down, Yudalaf from a base kippah. If you have an opening that has an archway, Reb Meir Mechaib Mezuzah, Reb Meir says, and we're going to see some of the details uh, as to how he gets to his Shita momentarily, he says that you're Chaib Mezuzah, and Veshavan, they both agree, Shem Yesh Beragla Asara, Shechaibas Mezuzah. They agree that if there's 10 Tvachim before the archway begins, so let's say that the archway. I'll uh, just use my hands here. So let's say the archway is like this. I've got the archways and my hands are 11 tefachim. Great. And then the archway starts here. So shoving, they agree that you're chayv and mezuzah in that case. So let's see, where do they actually have a machlokas? Skip something? No. Everyone agrees that if the height from the floor to the top of the archway is 10, but that the, uh, that the height of the legs... Uh, that reach up to the archway are not three velav klumi. That's for sure a zero. Inami, they also agree that yesh beragla gimel. If in fact the height is three, but beim gavoha yud velav klumi and the height is not ten, also they agree. Lo nechleku where the machlokas of Meir and the chachamim elishegavoha yud. The height of the archway is ten tefachim. Yesh beragla gimel, and there are three tefachim in regards to the height, the uh, the height of the of the wall before it begins to arch. But beim berachava dalit, but it's not. Dalid why the yesh balachuk lahashlima laarba. However, it's made out of brick or wood, where in theory you could have carved out this space a little bit wider. This is the machlokas we've seen a number of times in Shas already, uh, almost two thirds of the way down. He says that because we theoretically, Rameir holds, because we theoretically could cut out the wall to make for an appropriate shear of this archway, we therefore halachically assume that it's done that way already. And therefore, you're going to be chayv and mezuzah. We look at the door as it is. We don't make these theoretical, conceptual carvings in the wall. Are you going to cut out another six inches of the wall? That's not what the wall looks like. We don't care. The fact that conceptually you could, Rameir says yes, and the Rabbanan say we are not chokikin lahashlam. Says the Gemara, let's say that a house is owned in partnership, or let's say that a woman owns a house that a man doesn't own. If you have a shul, and if you have a house that's owned by a woman, or if you have a house that's owned by partners, it's a chayavis b'mezuzah. 
Says the Gemara, what all of us are thinking. Thank you very much, Pshita. We know that that's true. Says the Gemara, no, to make a diuk, maybe we should have learned the Pasuk that there should be a diuk between Beisecha and Beisah to exclude her and Beisecha below Batehem. And maybe we should also look at the word Beisecha in the singular to exclude the plural that if you own a house, a house Beshutfus, maybe it should be Pata from Azuzah from Beisecha because that's a singular usage of the word. So says the Gemara, Kamash Mulan, that that's not true, that in all cases your Chayv asks the Gemara, why can't you learn Pshat that way? It is a possible way to learn the psukim that way. Why, why aren't we excluding women from the mitzvah of mezuzah if they're the sole owners of a house? And why aren't we excluding people who, uh, who are partners in a house? Says the Gemara, a beautiful answer, an important answer. Omar Kra, because we have a pasuk in Chumash, the pasuk in V'hayoyim Shema, Lema'an yirbui mechem v'meivenechem. When one keeps the mitzvah of mezuzah, we are granted a longer life. So says the Gemara, Hani ba'uchaye, hani lo ba'uchaye. What only some people want to have a long life. So the people who are the men here who are included in the mitzvah, so they want a long life, but we act the Pasuk, it doesn't mean it's not me stubborn that the Pasuk would exclude women and partners. Why would they want to be excluded from the mitzvah? Pasha that they don't want to be excluded. So it says the Gemara, we don't care who the owner is. It can't be that the word Beisecha is to exclude people from the mitzvah of mezuzah because the mitzvah is dafka. And as, as said, why would only some people want life? So it says the Gemara, well, if that's true, then what do we do with the word Beisecha? You said the word Beisecha wasn't to exclude anyone. Great. What's pshat in the word Beisecha? Why do we have that word? Kedir Rabbah. What does Rava teach us with the word Beisecha? The way you walk into the house. When a person walks into the house, they walk with their right foot first. An implication, I don't think only literally, but also that we look, use the right side. It's kind of like the way we walk into the door. And therefore, we always put the mezuzah on the right way of derech biyatra. However, you walk into that room, that is the side upon which you should put the mezuzah. We are at the first of the long lines. The b'risa writes in regards to negayim. Uh, and we'll see some similarities here. The Brysa writes, Very similar line, not about Mezuzah, but about Nagayim. So we say in the Gemara that a shul and a house that's owned by partners and a house that's owned by a woman is Metamen bin Nagayim, that it is subject to the Tuma of the house. Asks the Gemara, Pshita, yeah, why, why would they not be subject to, to the Tuma of Nagayim? So answers the Gemara, because Maudetema, the word lo. We're going to spend time on this word just like we did on the word beisecha above. What does it mean, lo? Lo velola. I, we should say lo, that's in the masculine. Maybe it's to exclude the ownership of a woman to say that her house is not shaykh to nagayim. Or maybe we should say lo velola, the singular, that it is only him, but not those who own a house in partnership. A great way to avoid nagayim, buy a house as a partnership. That's what we have in halacha. They're tenants by the entirety when a husband and wife buy a house. That's like woven into the way that, uh, that that the contracts are made in some mortgages. It says the Gemara Kamash Malan that that is incorrect. So if that's incorrect, if it's true that everyone is chayav by negayim, so then I don't understand why then did we have the word lo in the pasuk? Says the it says the Gemara Amar Kra three lines into the wide lines ten lines from the bottom. Everyone is is bnei Everyone gets an inheritance in the in the land, and therefore everyone's included. If that's the case, ask the Gemara lo lamali. Why does the pasuk say the word lo? Answers the Gemara, It's as if he says, I don't have anything. Let's say someone says, I want to borrow something. He says, oh, no, no, I don't have anything to lend to you today. So says the Gemara, what's the most? So Kodesh Baruch gives him a slap on the wrist, puts him in his house, and he has to take everything out of his house. 
And the Kohen will know if there's something left in the house. So that means that everything is taken out of the house. Oh, can I borrow your frying pan? A day later, you're, you get knocked with Nagayim. All of a sudden, your frying pan's sitting on the front lawn. So says the Gemara, that's not right. You shouldn't be doing that. And you're the one who's going to be subject to the punishment. So when it says low, it means to include the person who says ain't low, that he has nothing in his house. Prat, to exclude the mashil kelev lacherim, those who lend things to other people will seemingly be excluded from the world of Nagayim. That's what the word low meant. Ask the Gemara seven lines from the bottom. How can you say that a shul can become tamay bin agayim? You might have thought that when it comes to shuls that they're shy to becoming tamay. The pasuk indicates that we should exclude bate knesios and bate midrashos. How so? How does a drasha work? This is not my house. This is our house. Doesn't make a difference who owns it. It doesn't make a difference who's on the board. This is uh, for the tzibor. We don't care. It's for the tzibor, and therefore it is putter from the goyim because it's not owned by one person. So this is the contradiction because we said earlier that a beisak neses seemingly is chayiv bin a goyim, and now we're saying that it's not chayiv bin a goyim. Lokasha, the Gemara is going to present three answers, and on the third answer, we're going to spend all of the amud aleph of yud beis Thursday. So we're going to do uh, most of the amud aleph here. Uh, we'll get pretty close to three fourths down on the page on your base of an olive, and then we will stop. Says the Gemara as follows Lokasha, this is not a contradiction. I know some people seem to say there isn't a going by a shul, some say there isn't a going by a shul. How do we get out of this? Answer number one, Haramir Harabon and Machlokas in the Tanaim. The Tanya, the Brysa writes, Base Haknesset, Chish Baba, Base Diru Lachazan Haknesset, Chayb in the So, according to the, uh, the Gemara, everyone seems to agree that if there is a Chazan who lives there, that it's chayv in mezuzah. Now, what happens with she'ein ba base dira? Let's say that there is no apartment in the shul. Our shul doesn't have an apartment anymore. So it says the Gemara, in such a case, that's where we have the machlokas, or Meir and the chacham, or Meir machayv, the chacham and poter. Meir says, I felt that there's no base dira in the shul, you're still going to be chayv, and the chacham and say your poter. So that's answer number one as to how we could see a difference between Rav Meir and the chachamim in regards to whether or not a base is shayach to the goyim. Answer number two, be by saying And really everyone agrees to the sheets of the Rabban and that you're putter in a case when there is no base dira in the shul, the lokasha, the east bay base dira, the less bay base dira, all, all within the sheets of the Rabbanon, that there is a difference, but it's not Rav Meir and the Rabbanon, it's two sheets of the Rabbanon. One part of the Rabbanon would hold that uh, you're going to be chayv if there's a base dira, one part of the Gemara uh, would hold that you are not going to be chayv or that there is or isn't a base dira would be the distinction in the sheets of the Rabbanon. Answer number three, and the one that's going to be subject to a lot of discussion, the bottom of Yudal from Mudbe's last line, the Baisema, Havaha de Lesbe Baisira. Everyone agrees that it's a shul that doesn't have a Baisira. Turning to the top of Yudbe's, one is talking about Krachim, Rashi, the Ramaskal, the Krachim, Shu Makam Shvakim. It's a very public place. Everyone is a Shtibel. Everyone owns the shul. Nobody, does, nobody owns the shul. But it's not a place that's shy by Nagaim. Mashain came by the Kfarim, that by the Kfarim, though that's a little bit smaller of a place, and there is an owner of the shul, and therefore you're going to be uh, five in such a case. That, I should say that's why you're, where you're going to be eligible for Nagaim. Ask the Gemara, question number one on this third answer. You said that by Krachim it's going to be Pater because there's no owners of that. That's not true. This is part of the Achuz of Klaisrael. It's true that there are. are uh, parts of Eretz Yisrael that are, are putter from the Gaim, and, and namely parts of Yerushalayim, but everywhere else is Shaykh by Nagaim, even then, if certainly in the Krachim. So, how can you say that Krachim are not going to have Tumas Nagaim? So, it says the Gemara, uh, oh, sorry, the Brisa continues. He says, I don't agree that all of Yerushalayim is uh, not eligible for Tum. I only know that the Mikdash is not eligible. So, it says the Gemara, 
Habate Knesios, Habate Midrashos, Metam, Venegam, Yafal Gabde Krachem Ninhu. Seems to be from the Gemara that Afal P that it's Bekrachem, it's a Shtibal, everybody owns it, everybody davens there. So then you, we should we should say that, there, that there's Negaimir there. How could you say that you're Pater? So says the Gemara, Ema, uh, we should say instead of the way we understood Rabbi Huda initially that where he says that Anilo Shamati Alamakum Mikdash. Ema uh, uh, says the Gemara six lines down. Yubeis Amaralev Amar Reb Yehuda Ani lo shamati ella makom mekudash bilvad. Not the whole base Hamikdash area, but a makom mekudash, a very sanctified place, maybe to include even a shul. But my kamiflage, what's the machlokas? Says the Gemara. This machlokas is a well-known machlokas, but some of the nuance is not well known. What is the machlokas? Tanakama savar Yerushalayim lo nischalko l'shvatim. When the land of Eretz Yisrael was parsed up among the shvatim, so one of the sheets in the Tanaim held that Yerushalayim. Was not split up among the Shvatim. So, what is the real Machlokas? Titania, the Bryce writes one third of the way down your base Medalev. Titania, Mahaya Bechelko Shel Yehuda. So, we know that it was uh, according to those who say that Yerushalayim was split, it was split between Yehuda and Binyamin. What did Yehuda have? That's all he had. What did Binyamin have? Binyamin had Ulam Vehechalu Beis Kachyakachim. And not only that, there was a protrusion from the chelak of Yehuda and protruded into the overall uh, area of Binyamin. And what was on that little strip that belonged to Yehuda? Wow, what is chus? You get a little a little kick out of you know like your property line, and then it juts out a little bit, and then that little jut out the mizbeach is built. You get all the kedushachibo, and you're shaven. That's amazing. He would love to have swallowed that up in his own property. That's what he really wanted to do. Uh, every day he was uh, it was a good kind of jealous. It was kina from the Gemara praises him, calls him binyamin atzadik. We thought that only it was only Yosef Atzadik. The Gemara first time is Binyamin Atzadik. Says the Gemara, Shneimar Chofefa Love Kol Hayom. He dwelt over it every day. That's really what he wanted. He wanted to have that property. Because he had such a sheifa for that kurva to a Kadosh Baruch Hu, a Kadosh Baruch Hu gave him a present, and that was the gvura. That's the rest of the pasuk. Chofefa Love Kol Hayom. And between his shoulders, he will get the shechina. Not literally, but it means that uh, that he will have the shechina dwell with it. It says the Gemara of a high Tana, seemingly this, uh, our Tana seems to hold Savar Yerushalayim, Lo Nishchalko, Lishvatim, Detanya, what is the Bryce, right? In Maskir and Batim, Yerushalayim. You're not allowed to rent houses in Yerushalayim. It's not yours, it belongs to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Lazar, Bar, Reb Shimon, uh, correction in the Girsa. I think it's Reb Shimon. Sorry, let me just confirm that before I do. Yep, Bar, Bar Shimon. Uh, it was close. Reb Lazar, Bar Shimon, Omer, Af, Lomitos, you can't even rent out beds. Lefichach, therefore, the people who were shy to bring in korbanos and to having the skins of animals would bring home the skin so people could sleep on them. What do we see from here? It's important that if, there, if you have a guest, that what's nice to do is to leave out a pitcher, a gulpa is a pitcher, and also a place for them to lay down on for your guests. And the Gemara asks one more question on the third answer that we saw above. Just look at the very first four words of the page. And uh, we're two thirds of the way down, but look at the top line. We said the krachim, the We said the krachim are not shayach by negayim, and we said the kfarim are shayach by negayim. Ask the gemara, the kfarim mitamim benegayim. That's not true. You're saying that by a beisaknesis and the kfarim are shayach benegayim. That's not true. That doesn't that doesn't work. It says It has to be first conquered. If in fact 
it was um, if it was uh, conquered, but it wasn't divided up by the shvatim or chalku l'shvatim l'chilku l'beisavos, or if it was given out to shvatim and it wasn't given out to the sections of kohanim, chilku l'beisavos ve'in kol echad makir es shalom inayin. How do we know that all of those that there's no tumas negoyim there? This is a brisa which goes against the answer that we said. Talmud lomar uva asher lo habayis ba'amishem yuchado yatsu elu she'en yuchadin lo. So this doesn't work. There seems to be a contradiction. Our first, uh, the third answer that we saw at the very top of the page wanted to say that by Kfarim, that it is a shaykhus of, neg- of Negoim, by Kfarim, Masha'enkin, the Gemara here says in the Brisa that it's not, it's not shaykh. Therefore, therefore, the Gemara rejects the third answer and goes back to one of the other two answers that we saw on the bottom of Yeral Chumad Beis, either the answer of it's a machlokas between Rav Meir and the Chachamim, or no, everything is within the within the Rabbanon, and it just depends on what case he's talking about. One is when there's a base sira, and when there isn't a base sira. We'll pick up at these two dots on Shabbos and Mirza Hashem an hour before Shkia. Wishing you all a beautiful.